0: You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. We invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories. Through nuanced conversations and forward thinking and not taking ourselves too seriously. Everyone's story matters.
1: Every voice is important. Life is polarizing, but not everything is black and white. Come join us as we fade to gray.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Fade to Gray this is Elizabeth. So as you know, Fade to Gray has become a network of podcasts, which include Movies That Molded Me, The Soon-to-Be-Released, Mental, hosted by Seth, and Four in Tow, which is my podcast about homeschooling. My whole goal is to encourage homeschool families on their journeys through homeschooling. We wanted to introduce that podcast to you. So today, I'm going to share an episode that I released back in January. This was an interview with a lady named Jean Miller, who is a former homeschool mom who now encourages homeschool moms uh, using the Waldorf education method. So without any more chitty chat, here's Jean Miller. Welcome back to Four and Toe Podcast, where moms can find encouragement on their journeys through homeschooling. I'm your host, Elizabeth, and this is episode 18. This is the third part of four of interviews I've done with homeschool influencers. If you missed my first two interviews, go back and check out episodes 16 and 17. In episode 16, I interviewed Sonia Schaefer from Simply Charlotte Mason about the Charlotte Mason homeschool method. In episode 17, the second in my mini series, I interviewed Molly from The Modern Homeschooler about classical conversations. Both interviews really helped me understand a little bit more how each of these styles work. In today's episode, I interview with Jean Miller from Waldorf Inspired Learning. This was such a fun conversation. I really enjoyed talking with Jean about the Waldorf method. Of all the methods that I'm highlighting in this mini series, this one is the one I know most, uh, the least about. And so it was really nice to talk with her and, and really pretty enlightening for me. It was interesting because for me, what I noticed as an eclectic homeschooler. I take things from each of these styles and add them to my own homeschooling style. And one of the things as I was talking with Jean that I realized is I've already implemented some of the Waldorf methods and some of their some of the ways that they teach and approach education. I've already implemented them into my homeschooling without knowing what I was doing. So that was actually kind of pretty cool for me. So thank you, Jean, so much for being on my podcast. And I'm so excited to share this interview with you, my listeners. So without further ado. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Four and Toe podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth. And today I have Jean from Waldorfinspiredlearning.com with us
1: today. Jean, welcome. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I'm glad to be here. I can't wait to talk to you about homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes, I'm so excited. This has been uh, such a fun thing for me to do, being able to explore, giving, my, giving me a reason to explore different styles of homeschooling um, in this little in the mini-series. So I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us about the Waldorf method of learning and teaching. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Tell me, you are you currently or have you been a homeschool mom using the Waldorf method?
1: Yeah, so uh, I have three children. They're all in their 20s now. Yeah. So uh, we ho- I homeschooled for about 25 years. It depends on when you start counting, right? Yeah. yeah. We officially notified our first in <laughs> 1996, which was great. Seems like so long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, homeschooled uh the early grades and then two of the three kids homeschooled all the way through high school one of them went to uh the local public high school okay
0: yeah oh yeah that's fantastic yeah my parents gave me the choice too which I denied I was like nope I'm gonna be homeschooled the whole way yeah
1: two of them (laughs) said that but the oldest went went to the public school our local public school
0: did you always
1: use the Waldorf method when you were teaching Yes, pretty much. You know, it's interesting because I was, I'm, I have a master's in teaching and I thought my kids would go to the neighborhood public school. I'm a public school kid and so was my husband. And, uh, and we'd walk to school. I'd be a teacher, right? I'd walk them to school. We'd have the summers off. That was sort of the plan. But our oldest, um, is just a super, I mean, he's almost 30 now, but when he was younger, he was the the motivation for homeschooling. Mm -hmm. He's very, um, hands-on, a hands-on learner and, uh, super bright, but like I always said, he'd be sort of the gifted behavior problem, right? He'd have some sort of label because he just wanted to explore things his own way. And was not, when he was young, wasn't really suited for a group setting so much. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's really where it all began. And, and I was inspired from the beginning by Waldorf. Um, in lots of different ways. I met some other moms and we started a play group. And so really it's been woven uh, into our homeschooling from the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so could you explain the Waldorf method or define the educational approach of the Waldorf method?
1: Yeah, for sure. So uh, it's interesting because this year is the 100th anniversary of the Waldorf method. Uh, It was created for a classroom. So there is sort of this translation, right, that needs to happen Mm -hmm. when you're as a homeschooler. But one of the fun things I think that's come about with this anniversary is that Waldorf homeschooling has finally been accepted, right. As, as a a movement in its own right. And there is a lot more collaboration that's happening with classroom teachers using Mm -hmm. the Waldorf approach, you know, homeschoolers and classroom teachers. And I love seeing that Um, because the pros and cons, right. Of every setting and and every method, right. As your little mini series I'm sure is showing. So, Mm -hmm. so the, the, way that I would define well so I have this little elevator pr- pitch that I love to, to yeah people um, because it then you can begin teasing apart these these sort of essential elements of the of the method So my elevator pitch is um, Waldorf education is a heart-centered developmental approach to learning that incorporates rhythm and the lively arts into all the lessons. So I'll just, if you want, I can just talk about each of those components. Super. Yes.
0: I would love that.
1: Yeah. And then we could go in deeper into whatever um, parts of it. But um, I think, One interesting thing, like I said, this method was created for the classroom. So Rudolf Steiner never intended for them to be, for there to be a movement. He created one school Hmm. and he was asked by actually a, a factory owner to create a school for the children of the factory workers, which is an interesting piece because, um, he, he was a real pioneer in thinking that um, all children deserve a liberal arts education, mm-hmm. right? Because children at that time were usually pegged for a particular occupation at a really young age and then trained for that. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, it's the, the curriculum itself is very much... Um, Meant to meet children where they are developmentally, uh, it's very story-based. So there's a lot of um, reading aloud <laughs> in the school setting, uh, and a lot of the lessons begin with some sort of story because you know, as humans, we can really connect with story. Those stories though are chosen to be to fit developmentally with where you know a child is at, yeah. at whatever age, and then this idea of rhythm. You know, it uses rhythm. I think Steiner really was the first educator I know of who had this idea that, um, you know, if that children feel really more comfortable if we have kind of a regular routine, right? Mm-hmm. And that um, the idea of teaching something one day and then sort of sleeping on it and coming back to it the next day—that's part of the lesson rhythm that he that he developed. Uh, And then finally, the arts. So it's, you know, these, he called these the lively arts, but he felt like um, a lot of subjects had become kind of dull and dry when he observed in classrooms in Europe 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so he wanted to weave in, um, you know, handwork and music and movement and drama, painting, you know, all of these arts, weave those into the lessons. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> so can you explain the Waldorf rhythm to me? Because I, I've i heard that word before, and I'm actually, I'm following a girl right now on Instagram who's writing this curriculum, and she keeps talking about rhythm of Waldorf. And I'm, I think I understand, but I'm not positive. <laughs> so help me understand.
1: So it's... um. A rhythm is, uh, it's kind of just a super simple concept. Like think about music and how, um, certain, uh, patterns of music are repeated. And that Mm -hmm. actually is appealing to us because we wait, we recognize the patterns and then we wait to hear them come back. Right. Yeah. And that, that gives us sort of a foundation for, um, these expectations are what to look forward to in a piece of music. Okay. So, um, I mean, yeah, and you're a music person, right? So that idea of, um, a repeated pattern, right? That it's a certain interval that is often a variation of it is brought back again, you know, again and again and again in a piece of music. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's the idea. And, um, there are lots of rhythms. So first of all, just think about their rhythms all around us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, January follows December, you know, I mean, there. so there's the yearly rhythm and the monthly rhythm, seasons, rhythms that already exist all around us, like the seasons, the days of the week and that kind of thing. Um, we can use that same concept in our homeschooling where we create a day, you know, that's not rigid in its routine, but that, we're, where we um, generally have a similar pattern to the day, right? We do this, okay. then we do this, then we do this. And children um, feel a sense of security when that happens. And there's a lot less like cajoling or saying, that, you know, this is what you we have to do now. If they can kind of just live into what they already know to be happening, right? Yeah. In the day. So it basically... In a homeschool setting, it usually looks like, um, you know, we get up and we eat and sometimes we do chores. We might ha- then have a gathering song and a verse and then we do a main our le- main lesson work of the day. You know, we have lunch, we go outside and it doesn't have to be exactly the same every day, but when there is some familiarity, it can really help.
0: Mm, yeah, that sounds like um, a little bit like the block scheduling I was learning about in In the adult's time, or yeah, just in your own personal scheduling of an adult's day. Um, I was studying that this last January and realizing how much it was helping with my mental health, actually, because I I struggle with depression. And so trying to work through that, my
1: block scheduling (laughs) was incredible. (laughs) It is so – and it's so fascinating to me that now block scheduling has become known to be super helpful, right, to adults in any kind of work setting or right. when you're self-employed in any setting, right? And this is really the whole concept of it's the Waldorf approach. from the Waldorf approach. That's mm-hmm.
0: amazing. That just is – that's so cool. Give me an example. Let's say uh, – let's go back – When you said your kids are twenty in their 20s now. So let's go back 15 years or so. What did a day of school look like for you? What was your daily school rhythm like?
1: Yeah, so our daily school rhythm. So I'm picturing, you know, I have two kids who are in like late elementary and I have a little one, right? Mm -hmm. And because my boys are close in age and then um, our daughter is, uh, there were, they're quite a few years before our daughter came along. So okay. Um, so I would be doing both boys usually, um, and this is where that translation comes in because I would be doing them usually together partially, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But then they would be doing some of their own work too. Um, so I often say like, Rudolf Steiner, Steiner talked a lot about the importance of building community. And when he created this for a classroom, that class was the community. And mm-hmm. at home, our family is our community, right? Yeah. And so whatever you can do together <laughs> is good, right? So so do chores together, come together as a family to sort of start your morning lesson time, which might mean lighting a candle and reciting a verse that you all know by heart, right? Mm -hmm. Or something like that. And then, um, so we've had breakfast, we've done some chores, we've come together for lesson time. And I would often play a recorder song or sing a song that was the indication, right? That it's time. So I didn't have to holler up the stairs and say, (laughs) come on, it's lesson time now. Uh, and so then we would, um, have you know lessons would begin with a story so maybe we would be studying some ancient culture right like ancient egypt and and i would read from a reader that i've selected right th- to use as my base um for this block and a block mm-hmm. interestingly in the waldorf method you you stay on a subject for like three four or five weeks okay so every morning we'd read a little bit more about, you know, ancient Egypt. And one thing that Rudolf Steiner said was, um, no tests, no textbooks. So he felt like those, that tests cause anxiety in children and textbooks are dry and dull. Yes. <laughs> and so children make their own books. Right, so, so the story is shared and then children often, like you could picture a two-page spread in a big blank book, mm-hmm. they would often do some sort of artistic activity on one of those pages, a drawing or a painting or something like that, that day. And then the next day you come back and review that story that you read the day before and write up a sort of summary. Okay. And that's how main lesson books are created. Um, So children record their learning in these main lesson books, and they're beautiful. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, kids save them. (laughs) I have a a story. My mentor tells a funny story about one of her grandkids saved her main lesson book. And when she got engaged to be married, couldn't wait to show it to her fiance. (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. I know. That's so sweet. Oh. Um, so they really are kind of, uh, you know, they're they're treasures for sure, mm-hmm. and um, and it's fun to see a child's progression not only through the year but through years, right? So you can yeah. go back and look at a at a main lesson book they created in second grade is going to look really different than one they created in fourth grade.
0: Yeah, that would be.
1: Yeah, and one interesting thing, we were just talking about this at Thanksgiving when all my kids were together. We, we um, had this conversation about the importance of communication in the workplace because my mm. both the boys are off on their own and have fabulous jobs that they love. And, and, uh, and one of them is a leadership development manager and he was talking about the importance of communication and how being able to summarize concisely is such an important skill Mm -hmm. and I said you know what in the Waldorf approach that's built in from the beginning because Mm -hmm. you do these page these story summaries from starting in first grade it might be a sentence but by fifth and sixth or seventh grade you know you have three paragraphs that's summarizing what you've learned and it is a really amazing foundation, for writing papers in high school and college, for all, Mm -hmm. you know, manner of public speaking, all kinds of things.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: I understand
0: what he says about being concise. (laughs) My husband always tells me I I rattle on too long. (laughs) He loses interest. (laughs) It is something we all work on, I think. Yeah. So are there specific subjects that are really focused on in the Waldorf method? You mentioned the arts, but is there another... Are there other subjects?
1: Yeah. So the arts aren't actually a subject of study. They are actually used to help enhance the learning with all the subjects, right? So they're woven in all the time. So like the example of the main lesson book, you're studying ancient Egypt and you could learn a verse about Egypt and create a little play about Egypt and do some paintings and drawings and... Um, modeling, and there, so you're weaving those arts into every single subject that you're studying. So, there is a list of um, that Steiner actually created for the first school, but then has, of course, evolved um, mm-hmm. in classroom settings and in homeschooling for the past hundred years. But there are these kind of general topics of subjects that are story based Mm -hmm. that are typical for grades one through eight in particular. Um, So in, in first grade, there are fairy tales and nature stories and that kind of thing. And again, this is the, that developmental piece, right? So the Mm -hmm. stories and, and subjects are chosen because they are appropriate for the age, you know, that age, particular age child. So it's fairy tales legends and myths in the early grades and then um and those nature stories are the beginnings of science so there is that foundation Of story that young children really still connect with and then in in about fourth grade it begins to expand into. so so in those early years i will say it's really the three r's just like in any right school setting or or method Mm -hmm. um that children are working on you know all four all four of the math processes and Mm -hmm. reading and writing um and then uh in fourth grade the the history curriculum really begins to expand, um, starting f- with local history, like mm-hmm. the, your local area, the culture and history, even economic history of your area. Mm-hmm. And then that goes into ancient cultures and then, you know, on up through the Middle Ages, the Renaissance, um, and up to modern times. So that is, you know, that's the sort of typical history, uh, chron- chronology, mm-hmm. um, in the Waldorf approach, each block, like history and language arts tend to be integrated in a block. Okay. And then there are math blocks and then there are, uh, science blocks and those all kind of alternate each year. Um, so the math, for example, you know, uh, kids are learning. A, a lot of, even Waldorf homeschoolers purchase a math curriculum separately. Like the language arts and history is much easier to create on your own, mm-hmm. but the math, some, a lot of us need help with. I mean, I'm a humanities person and I, you know, you're yeah. not a math whiz. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely yeah. needed help with that. But, um, but that gives you an idea. You know, the math blocks would include, uh, move from those four processes to uh, geometry and, and beyond. Right. Mm -hmm. And the science curriculum also is going to move into chemistry and physics and things in the, in the um, sixth, seventh and eighth grades. Uh, But the blocks themselves, there's kind of a typical block rotation that most people check right? As they're okay. planning their year. Yeah. So you can fit in a year, if you're doing three to six week blocks, you might fit eight blocks or nine blocks or six blocks or whatever main lesson blocks into that year. And some of them are going to be language arts and history. Some are going to be math and some are going to be science.
0: Okay. All right. So you would focus on one block at a time, obviously. So, yeah. so it would be one, like if it's the math block time, it's mostly math related. It's not going to be history necessarily.
1: Exactly. So then what you do is you also have like a 30 to 45 minute time after your main lesson where you do, I mean, for most homeschoolers, it can be done in 20 to 30 minutes, but where you do a little bit of practice in the subject that you're not focusing on in your block. So if you're in a history, like you're doing that ancient cultures, ancient Egypt block at the end of the morning, you're going to spend 20 to 30 minutes doing some math practice problems. Right. And then if you're in a math block, you're going to spend that time doing whatever the child needs. You know, some children need extra help with spelling, some need Mm -hmm. extra help with, you know, just any kind of writing skill or language art.
0: Yeah. So then they're not losing, they're not necessarily losing anything from it. They're just right. so, focusing more.
1: Yeah. So it's a super focused time for main lesson. And then there's some skills practice in a different skill usually um, afterward. Okay.
0: So let's talk resources now. I know you have your website, but you've mentioned the lesson books as well. Like how, what what's out there? What do you have available and, and what's available that you know of Um. In the in the way of guide guides or for people yeah. who know nothing,
1: <laughs> there, like are yeah, <laughs> there are a couple of companies. Yeah, there are a couple companies that sell a packaged curriculum. Um, I my mission really is to help people learn to customize and even. Um, create their own blocks. Nice. Uh, and so their own curriculum, because what usually happens is we buy a curriculum and we use 60% of it, right? Mm-hmm. And then we feel bad and we feel behind because mm-hmm. we didn't finish it. And so um, I think a curriculum is a fabulous starting point. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I think we all need to learn to make that either the purchased curriculum that we have in our hand and or the method, right? Mm -hmm. The curriculum of the method, we need to find ways to personalize it and customize it so that it works for us and for our particular children. So my mission, I don't have a curriculum and I never plan to write a curriculum. My mission is really to help people um, use the curriculum and then learn to create their own. Um, because you could take, I mean, if you want to study ancient Egypt, you could find a fabulous book at the library that has really great stories about ancient Egypt in it and build your entire block around that one book. Yeah. And, and so you don't need that huge curriculum sitting on your shelf that you don't use or you use, you know, a very small percentage of, and then feel bad. None of us need to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's true yeah yeah so so what I offer on my website are like that that block rotation so you can go and see what's typically done in second grade or whatever grade your child is and then um I have all kinds of you know have a blog with tons of resources and great information on it and then I have a a really simple Waldorf homeschooling simplified it's called yeah. but a toolkit for all 8 grades that gives you block layout plans for um for every single grade um with my favorite resources in it and teaches you how to set that up yourself so that's kind of the starting point um and then I have a membership so people who want to do you know want support can join this monthly membership called Homeschool with Waldorf to get the support so that you can learn while you're still teaching. Um, So I used to have this fantasy that I would freeze my children for five years, learn everything there is to learn about Waldorf, and then be able to come back and teach (laughs) to (laughs) homeschool, right? And we don't get that. No, No, sadly, it doesn't work. (laughs) So that's my my membership is just to help people learn um, as they go. That's fantastic,
0: and and with the membership, do we um, would members have access to asking you questions and picking your brain? Do you have a team of people that help you, or is it all you?
1: <laughs> I have two assistants, but it is is mostly me. We have um, monthly coaching calls, a monthly plan along, and a monthly masterclass. So I create a masterclass that. You can work through at your own pace, but it's meant so that through the year, you begin to build up your knowledge about this while you're um, homeschooling. And then we have a fabulous Facebook group and where there is a ton of support from a lot of people. We have some real seasoned homeschoolers in there and uh, some people who are new, right? New to homeschooling and or new to Waldorf. What are your
0: top suggestions for uh, curriculum books? Well, you already mentioned the curriculum, but is there like a book that helps uh, explain the Waldorf method or even manipulatives? Like, is there stuff that's like, you must have this?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a great question. Um, I do think learning the arts is really a wonderful thing to do. Um, there's, a, there's a great uh, organization that teaches online uh, courses. It's called Waldorfish. And I've gotten to be really good friends with Brian and Robin. And they teach painting and drawing and chalkboard drawing in a way that is so simple and so doable, no matter what your background is, that's really fun. So, you know, even if you're just dabbling in Waldorf or Arwana- bring a little bit more hands-on engaging um, experiences to your kids, that's a really wonderful resource. Um, For rhythm, I love Kim John Payne's book called Simplicity Parenting. It is not specific to homeschooling, but is great for any parent, right? Because it's really about, I'm, I'm also a Simplicity Parenting coach, a certified coach, but it's really, it has a great section on rhythm, but it goes way beyond that. It's about how in our world these days, our children get too much too fast, right? And it's really about simplifying in our home environment, in our you know daily activities, mm-hmm. and in what we expose our children to. So it's uh, Simplicity Parenting, great, great book. Um, For the Waldorf Methods specifically, there is a book by Jack Petrash that I'm pretty sure is called um, Understanding Waldorf Education, Teaching from the Inside Out. Okay. Um, you can probably find it at your local library, and it gives a really good overview. Again, it's not specific to homeschooling, but it gives a really good overview of the method. Okay. Um yeah so those would be my top ones I do have a post on my site called just starting with Waldorf homeschooling and it's um, a good place to start because it gives lots of suggestions for here are the supplies you need here are the books to read if your children are in kindergarten or if your children are in this age or whatever so um, yeah that's a fun.
0: that's great I will take that link from your blog and post it in the show notes to this podcast is that okay
1: yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. And then just one other thing is that I have a, a freebie on my site too that's called Save Your Homeschooling Day. <laughs> and it's, it's how to use rhythm to really provide that support, right, that foundation that, that gives you um, – that just makes homeschooling more solid and more doable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and that you, that's a, a free guide. So it's waldorfinspiredlearning.com slash free guide.
0: Okay yeah, thank you so much. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation Jean I I love what you've told me. <laughs> I am um, like I said, I'm just dabbling in the Waldorf method. I was introduced to it because of Instagram searches hashtag homeschool <laughs> and and finding various people and finding you on there and just like, wow, what is all of this? and i'm so glad i've been able to sit down and talk with you cuz i i really know nothing when it comes to the waldorf method and just trying to understand how it works i i love hearing how people homeschool and i love seeing the differences and seeing how
1: there are different ways of doing it yeah um, yeah i i would agree i'm the same you know mm-hmm. and to me it's um i'm so excited that you're doing this mini series because i think um, a lot of us as homeschoolers pull a little bit from different methods, right, yeah. to make it work for us. Because right. if we want to sustain it, it has to work. You know, I often say it has to work for everybody—the kids yes. and mom yes, or whoever the homeschooling parent is. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I think it's great, um, and and in beginning to incorporate pieces of the Waldorf approach into homeschooling can really be nourishing to our kids. You know, Mm -hmm. Steiner said about the arts that they, that they bring us as human beings, the arts bring us joy and they help make the learning more memorable. Mm. So any way, right. That we can weave in some hands-on engaging activities that are artistic, I think is good.
0: Yeah. So if any of my, uh, Listeners want to follow you. Uh, you've given us your website. It's um, waldorfinspiredlearning.com. Mm-hmm. What other ways can they follow you if they want to see what you're up to?
1: Yeah, so I'm most active on both Instagram and Facebook, and I'm Waldorf Inspired Learning. So Instagram, it's at Waldorf Inspired Learning, and my Facebook um, page is also Facebook Waldorf Inspired Learning. And, uh, yeah. And then my website. So those are my, my three main areas. And if you're interested, you could, um, get, save your homeschooling day, that free guide, and then you'll be on my mailing list.
0: Yeah. Well, great. Thank you again, Jean, so much for this interview and for letting me, letting me learn about the Waldorf method. And thank you for teaching me and our listeners. So I really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Elizabeth. It's been great. Thanks so much again for joining me on this homeschool journey, exploring different styles of homeschooling. If you want to learn more from Jean, you can go check out her website at waldorfinspiredlearning.com. You can find the free guide that she mentioned at waldorfinspiredlearning.com backslash free guide and join her mailing list as well so you can keep up with everything she has to offer. I'll put the other resources that she mentioned in the show notes for you to check out at your leisure. You can find me at 4 You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at 4 podcast, And I just started a Twitter feed. I really don't know what I'm doing there, but I decided I may as well try it out. <laughs> and so I, if you want to come follow me, you can find me there at 4 pod and I have a question of the day that I put up every day, and I also do a few posts as I'm doing schoolwork, just giving you a little snapshot of day in the life of a homeschool mom. This podcast is, comes to you thanks to my wonderful patrons at patreon.com. Listeners just like you can go to patreon.com backslash four and toe podcast and can sponsor me to keep up this podcast. There are different levels of sponsorship that you can Be at, and I've recently updated all of it. So you're going to want to check it out because one of the levels, if you sponsor me at $5 a month, you will get access to a new monthly bonus episode that I'm going to start putting out in February. Right now, it's just going to be monthly, but my goal is eventually to make it a bi-weekly bonus episode. So if you want to get in on that, head on over to patreon.com backslash four and toe podcast and sponsor the show. Join me next time for my fourth and final installment on my homeschool influencers mini series. I can't wait to share the last episode with you. So until next time, have a great homeschool week and mama, you've got this. One more thing, if you guys could help me out, I'm looking for a few reviews on my iTunes feed. It's a small way that you can help and support what I'm doing without having to give a dollar. If you like what you hear and you've enjoyed this podcast so far, head on over to your podcast app and leave me a five-star review. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that interview and got something out of it another reason why we wanted to share this was because if there are any homeschool families or parents interested in homeschooling, I am going to be hosting a conference on April 18th. Jean Miller is going to be my guest. We're going to live stream Jean's main address during the conference. And if you're interested in attending that via live stream, or you can come and join us live in Pennsylvania, you can find a link in the show notes or go to com backslash conference, and you can get more details there. All right, guys, that's all we got for you today. Have a great week. Peace.